Welcome everyone to episode 50. That's right, it's our half century. 50 not out, that's why it's me. It's They Think It's All Over, the Football Shirt Show. Yes, that's right. It's episode 50 of They Think It's All Over, the Football Shirt Show. I'm Adrian Football Shirt Talia. Joining me this week, we have Mike at Footy Shirts. How are you, Mike? I'm, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. And as usual, we have West London's Prince of Calcio in Chelsea. It's Tom at Shirtfan. Hello, and that's the best intro I've been given for a, for a number of years, I'd say. <laughs> There's no Scott. The best one was for him. He's not even here. You've got to give it to us anyway. Yeah. Okay. Also, you're not joining us this week is a man who was once issued with a police restraining order from David Beckham. It's Scott at Flying Scotty. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> He's AWOL, isn't he? Again. Obviously, not everybody for listening. Scott's job is basically he rides on choppers all day. And obviously, he's had a very, very busy day doing that and just he just clearly doesn't have the energy to, to record tonight. Right, this week we have got the usual history. We've also bring you a special feature about Stephen Darby and a shirt that uh, is, has been reunited to him this week and hopefully a lot more shirts and a lot of money raised for charity. Um, but in the meantime, I've seen quite a few new shirts arrive this week. I saw a new shirt arrive with you today, Mike. You did, like everybody else. I've gone uh, loco for the, the Mexico away shirt. Obviously, it, it, there's a lot of hype around it. Number one shirt for us in our uh, shirt of the, the year for 2022. And for anybody who didn't manage to get hold of one for full whack, they obviously dropped onto the Adidas site again. And not only did they drop, but they dropped at almost half price. And in fact, for half price, if you had a discount code, which, yeah, most of us did. And yeah, so I grabbed one and the shirt arrived today. It's a brilliant shirt. It For me, it is, it's, absolutely deserves the hype that it got it's such an incredible shirt i only got the stadium version and if anybody out there is looking to get one uh, scott would disagree but i don't think you're losing anything by just getting the stadium it's a stunning shirt yeah it's it's brilliant absolutely brilliant see i'm still not getting it i was one of the people that didn't get this shirt although it was a great price 35 quid for a shirt that's not long been out and I know we didn't see it at the World Cup but yeah for a shirt that's so in demand it's a great price but I just, I'm so surprised how popular this shirt is and I know it came top of the ranking shirt of the year we did the other week but I just I don't know what I'm missing with this shirt I just don't see it in the same way as everyone else even at that price point I mean AD did you was you tempted at that at that price? Uh, I wasn't I wasn't. And um, you both know I'm, I'm normally quite strict around what I buy. If it's not Italian, I'm not buying it. And it, it wasn't. So uh, I love a shirt. £41 without a code, £35 with a code is a terrific price. And I'm not surprised they all went super quick in the end, didn't they? Uh, we, we talk about the hyper range shirts quite a lot and how people get a bit carried away. And I think that sometimes, as we've touched on before, sometimes it's all that the marketing guff, the the hipster crap that goes with a lot of these shirts, which which make people go out and buy it. They, some people do buy shirts because they feel that's the shirt that might get them a little bit more, a few more likes on Twitter and so on. Okay, you know, do you? But with this one, I don't feel it had all of that with it. I think it just dropped, and everybody just 
thought it was going to be another shirt drop. And then when they saw it, everybody went crazy. And I, and I genuinely think that th- this shirt has the potential to be a future classic, not, not like some of the crap that we've seen that people have gone nuts for in the past. Like, I'm not just knocking them in particular, but there was that forward Madison drip kit. Nobody gives a shit about that anymore. Nobody. In fact, I see so many of them for sale. It is insane because nobody cares. That was hype. That was pure hype. These shirts, I think, I know it didn't get worn at the World Cup, but it will be used over the next couple of years again by Mexico. And I I can't help it. I think that this, for me, is in time going to rank up there with with the big one for me, which is the sort of like the Aztec kit from 98. I think it is that good. Wow. High praise indeed. We will see. Now, this little secret, uh, it's going out to a few listeners here, but you can still get that shirt at that great price via Amazon. And that was told to me by these football shirts today. So you missed out on Adidas site, but you managed to find it on Amazon. So we won't tweet it. Those that listen to the pod will have the benefit of um, going in and find it on Amazon if they want to. Oh, I like that. Saucy little benefits. And you get a listener, <laughs> listener benefits, listen benefits. Now listen, it does lead on to the age of question though. Buying shirts on release or waiting for the sale? What do you both do? Oh, see, I tweeted about this the other day. I, I had a little back, a look back through over the last probably three or four years of shirts that I bought. And I think there's probably only half a dozen, maybe maybe eight, an absolute push, 10 shirts that I've bought full price over the last few years. And I'm generally, I'm a bargain hunter. I, I'm an eBayer. I, 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 when I get a new shirt through the post, the tags come off, it goes in my wardrobe and I wear it as soon as I can. I, that, that's how I collect is I do fall into the trap a little bit sometimes when I think a shirt might be difficult to get hold of later. So if it's essential for my collection, so for example, the Bayern Olympia Stadion shirt over the Oktoberfest one this year, I did buy that brand new. I probably paid a little bit more than everybody else. So I wanted that bloody Chupo name set on it as well. Um, So I got it direct from Bayern. Um, But apart from that, apart from the Atlas shirt that I bought, which I think again has been justified, the Lucha Libre one, because they're not exactly easy to get hold of. Most of the time, I think you can get it later down the line. I I would say I fell into that trap with that Interforce shirt. I bought that brand new because I thought everyone's going to go nuts for it. Jesus Christ, weren't they? Didn't you get one of those for like seven quid, Tom? Yeah, seven pounds. Every lost it for a week, but it did turn up eventually after a number of complaints. But yeah, seven quid. But I'm I'm a bit like you. I, I think I can probably echo all of that. I do. I very rarely buy shirts new or fresh off the the press, so to speak. I have done it a couple of times this year. The Barcelona away shirt because I felt like that might have sold out, and I think it did temporarily. But that did sell out after like a couple of days on release and I got that the day of release the other one was that Spezia third shirt that I picked up for myself and AD and that did sell out as well for a number of months sometimes you do have to kind of weigh up whether you would be that gutted about missing out on the shirt altogether because it has happened to me before I mean I waited and waited and waited for Venezia's home shirt last season's one because I waited to see if they would offer personalization with Ampadu I wanted to get Ampadu on the back and it never came and now i I missed out on that shirt and I didn't get it from classic football shirts when they released it because I wanted the name set name set never came. So it's just a shirt I completely missed out on. But so you can, you can miss them sometimes, but I think generally like 90% of the time you're probably best off waiting. Is there any that you two have missed out on when, when you, you did wait and you didn't get them? Obviously I've only just got the the third of the, the Villa Luke shirts because I just, I don't think anybody kind of comprehended a, the season we would end up having and be the, the, 
the craze around those shirts and, and how well they sold, even, especially the third, because the third came out later than the others. And I didn't, I didn't get it. I just got the home and it has taken me this long, what, five years, whatever it is, to get that third in the end. Weirdly, the, the Bayern Munich away shirt, the black and gold one from last year, I just thought they'd be available in abundance at the end of the season. And they just weren't. And then a few dropped onto M&M and obviously a few people, including some flippers, managed to get hold of them. Um, and I did miss out on that one. But I know that will turn up. I got burnt on that. I was moving house at the time. Uh, the Roma special Derby shirt 2016. And in my head, I just thought, oh, you know, spending a few hundred thousand on a house, probably shouldn't buy that shirt for 80 quid that's just come out this week. Uh, yeah, that was just a massive, massive error, really. Uh, <laughs> I already know, right. In the, yeah, it sold out pretty damn quick. And uh, yeah, I had to wait best part of, I think, five years to, to get hold of that. And yeah, I paid a bit, bit more than the 80 pound it would have cost me in 2016 i think what it does do though is it it does make it even sweeter when you do get it i think you cherish it even even that little bit more i think that's why i like the the hunt on ebay as well like i i love finding a shirt i've been looking for even if it is literally for years on ebay and that buzz of finding it and then you've got the countdown of the the auction or or you know if you're lucky and it's buy it now and you buy it brilliant whatever but when you got the auction admittedly obviously every now and again you miss them on auctions i think just whilst i'm on that have you guys you ever had an auction end at an awkward time you know one stuff at like 2 a.m in the morning and stuff like that but that's because of where the seller's based but you can get apps that do the bidding for you, like at the last second and stuff like that. But I like you, doing it old school. I like doing it myself. Yeah, I, I like do. It, it feels like a win when you get it. I think the, 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 the one that sticks in my mind, the reason I, I asked is because a couple of years ago, my, my grand passed away. I loved her to bit. She was brilliant. She was a WWE wrestling fan, just like me. And I was watching a 1987 Villa Hum or Home on eBay. It ended on the day of her funeral. And I thought, oh, that'd be all right. I'll, I'll have a few minutes to nip away. And then I realised it ended two minutes after her funeral car turned up to pick <laughs> us up. So this is dark. <laughs> I basically, I was on my phone and my mum was like, what are you doing? I'm like, mum, there, there's a shirt that ends in like four minutes. And she's like, the car is outside now. And I was like, yeah, but... You know, That's what I'm, she would have wanted. I, I said it. I said it. And they all laughed about it. I won the shirt and I got the Villa, Villa 87 home or home for like 70 quid, which was an absolute bargain. I'd have been gutted if I'd have missed out on that. Oh, hey, dear. look, at the end of the day, they weren't going to stop her funeral because I wasn't outside two minutes earlier. So I can't beat that. And I feel a bit bad for mentioning wanking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not what my nan would have wanted, Tom. <laughs> I think that's enough to chit-chat, gentlemen. How about we move on to kit history? Kit history, kit history, we haven't made it up. Kit history, kit history, we read it on Wikipedia. This week, I thought I'd bring it back to a Premier League club. Well, for now at least. So, Everton. So, they began life as a church team named St Domino, playing in blue and white stripes before becoming Everton in 1879. Now, when new players started arriving at the club, as they couldn't afford new shirts, players would simply use the kits they brought with them. Obviously, that became very confusing over time. So Everton, the, the, the Everton officials decided they would dye all kits black. 
for anyone that turned up and any existing kits they had. When they did this, everybody decided the black kits looked a little bit depressing, a little bit morbid. So they tied it in with a red sash, which obviously, as we know, that kit was, they paid homage to that kit just a couple of seasons ago. And that is where their black watch nickname came from as well. By the time they moved to Goodison in 1892, the home colours had changed to salmon pink and dark blue stripes before changing to ruby shirts with navy shorts. And finally, the royal blue and white shorts came in in 1901. They did take a little bit of a hiatus from that in 1906, where they wore sky blue, but they reverted back to the royal after fan protests, and they've pretty much been there ever since. But why blue? Do you know... There's, there's no, there's, the, do you know what the problem is? We, we've exhausted a lot of the good ones, as in why they wear the colours. You wouldn't believe okay. how many there are where nobody knows. I, because, because of the feature, I even looked at Swindon. No, nobody knows why. I'm more worried they're the be, ones that we've added are good ones. Could it be like, I seem to remember reading about the Milan teams and Inter chose blue because it was the polar opposite colour-wise, to AC Milan. So could it be that's why Everton went blue? Tom, what are you doing? We can use that next week. Ah. <laughs> cut that out. No, I don't think you need to. I'm sure we've touched on the interkits already on, on this pod in one of the earlier episodes. Did it in a Teams in Focus on a Wednesday, our Wednesday tweets. That's where yeah. we did it. And um, but, but no, the thing is, obviously, Everton, Everton were around before Liverpool as such. Um, I'm going to do Liverpool soon, probably leading on from this one, because obviously Liverpool were born off the split with Everton when Everton basically left Anfield because they were there first. Um, so I might follow that on for next week. Didn't know that. That's more interesting than the original history. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Can we, yeah. Can we get an expanded kit history next week then? Can we get like the story around that as well? We want it, Tom, yeah, don't we? Can, yeah, can we? Do, yeah. Do, do you know what? I, I could put, yeah, probably do that one because it's it's not it's not too long, it's not too boring. I think everyone would be quite interested in that. Yeah. Well, there we go. Everton in Royal Blue since nineteen oh one. Right up next in this week's feature, we have got the story of Stephen Darby being reunited with one of his uh, most important shirts, really, in terms of the biggest games that he played in and biggest moments that he had in his career. Gentlemen, you both remember Stephen Darby as a player. I do, yeah. I am um, a Grubner, Liverpool supporting house. Yeah, he's one of those names I remember from times playing football manager at uni when we used to do saves on there. And he used he had a quite an extensive career in lower leagues, didn't he? Played for Bradford, I seem to remember at one point. Um, so yeah, definitely a name I I know, a player I remember. Good times at Bradford. I think he had a couple of promotions there, but uh, yeah, let, let's hear the story about um, how he's recently been reunited with one of his shirts and why that's so important. Back in 2010, Swindon Town won a second leg playoff semi-final on penalties at Charlton Athletic with 10 men. It's a very, very famous night as a Swindon Town fan. We had a very famous goal scorer that night. He scored the winning penalty, Stephen Darby. Now, sadly, Stephen Darby suffers from motor neuron disease. He's had to retire from football four years ago, aged just 29 years old. But recently, that shirt that he wore in that famous playoff semi-final became available. A group of fans came together and thought there's only one place that shirt should be. Joining me today, we have Mark Hanrahan, founding host of the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge on Twitter. Mark, thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell us a bit more about this story? 
Right, well, this has been probably the most whirlwind 48 hours I could have imagined, to be totally frank. I, I think it was Sunday Sunday evening, I was sat on the sofa, I was... Um, my wife, I was multi-screening. My wife was watching some typically US drama and I'm sat there with a combination of social media and football manager going on on my lap. And I just came across a link for the potential sale of Stephen Darby's 2010 playoff shirt. Now, I knew that the um, shirt collector that was talking about it, I knew that he had managed to get his hands on it and it was his holy grail. And I, um, I knew that he'd paid a king's ransom for this shirt and I, I, I won't go into detail but suffice to say it's enough money that would make most people's jaws drop but for a shirt of uh, as iconic as that you know if you're a collector of shirts you, you're gonna seriously consider it if it becomes available right as a Swindon Town fan I mean what a night that was yeah, oh, yeah. what a game it was you know in terms of two-legged playoff and to see I mean Stephen must have been what 18 19 on lane from Liverpool 19 1920, he was he was a waif of a kid. Like literally, I remember he was like the physicality. Like when you when you looked at him, it, it literally like the shirt was hanging off him. I don't know those those Adidas shirts had a bit of give in them, so yeah. it wasn't like the kind of Puma gear of the last sort of like you know five six years that that are, are very fitted. You know those Adidas shirts had a bit of give, but it literally was hanging off a Stephen. So I remember he had that he had that really kind of. Um, sort of I don't want to be disrespectful but he had kind of like almost a bit of an underdeveloped like late teens early 20s physique he you know his his impact on the game was um you know it, it wasn't necessarily spectacular he was just he was one of those kind of steady if unspectacular kind of jobbing young fullbacks making his way you you were watching him thinking I don't think this guy is gonna have have what it takes to break through at Liverpool. If I'm going to be really, really honest, like you, you knew that he was going to end up having a decent career. You could see technically he's yeah. a good footballer, but there was like the odd little mistake or positioning error where you were sort of looking and going at his age, you would hope, like, I would imagine if I was a first team coach at Liverpool, you would have got that out of your game. Um, maybe being a bit unfair, listen to me, like talking like too much football. <laughs> but if you get where I'm coming from, so the, the game is, was was so topsy turvy. Obviously, going into that game at the Valley, we were we were two one up from the first leg, and um, yeah, I think confidence was pretty high. But then, obviously, three minutes into the game, we lose the goalkeeper. Dave Lucas gets injured, and Phil Smith comes in. Um, and Smithy Smithy was like a always like a kind of you know like a decent backup goalkeeper. He he wasn't necessarily if if you had the choice of Smithy or Dave Lucas, and you ask Swindon fans who's in nets, everyone would have gone Dave Lucas. You know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Smithy comes in and, and and Charlton managed to actually just, you know, just push on and they go 2-0 up on the night, 3-2 up on aggregate. Simon Ferry scores an own goal. It was all kind of going against us. Gordon Greer gets sent off. Our colossus of a captain with down to 10 men now away from home at the Valley. We're losing. And we were all sort of just stood there going, well, this is the most swindly of things. It's become like quite the phrase that. But, you know, we get the most fortunate equaliser, Danny, Danny Ward, sort of runs through and slots it under Darren Randolph and we're, we're back at even Stevens. It goes into extra time and we managed to just sort of hold on. Miguel Lera gets sent off for Charlton. So at that point, you're kind of starting to think, well, hang on a minute, you know, is there a twist here? We start to believe again. And, um, and then obviously it goes on to penalties. And I mean, it was just incredible. Like we, you know, their, their dead shot penalty taker, Nicky Bailey, ends up missing his penalty. And of all their players you were expecting to score, 
you would have expected Nicky Bailey to bullet. Yeah, yeah. And he blazes it over the bar. And then we had, well, so what did we have? And just looking at the lineup, yeah, just reminding myself. So John Paul McGovern, Charlie Austin, Kevin Amanquin, and Danny Ward scores. And then it comes down to Stephen Darby. And and it was funny because when, when Darbson was stepping up, I just remember everyone in, in the away end because you don't know who's taking the penos. And everyone yeah. was like, why are they making him take it? Yeah, yeah. You've got, you know, you've got sort of senior pros out there that could be taking penalties. Why is Stephen Darby taking a penalty? That was how much faith we had in Darbs on the night. And and it taught us all a very, very valuable lesson because fundamentally against the, the a, a cacophony of noise from that home end and he slots his penalty, cool as a cucumber at the bottom right-hand corner and, and bedlam ensues. And... I mean, yeah, just wow. I mean, so I'm talking now and the hairs are what's left of them standing up on the back. <laughs> Swindon score this penalty kick. They are through to the Wembley final. Derby. Swindon are going to Wembley. Stephen Derby with the winning penalty. Swindon Town successful with all five of their spot kicks. And Swindon Town go through to the League One playoff final. Like, what a night. But it's just so funny that even though we didn't go on and get promoted by winning at Wembley, everybody holds on to that night as almost like Wembley was a prize in its own right. That yeah. night and the circumstances of coming back against a big... I mean, back then as well, Charlton were in a different spot to where they're at now. That was a big night for us, a very, very special side. But um wasn't to be at Wembley, sadly, but we'll we'll always have Charlton. Always have Charlton. And if you ask a lot of Swindon fans, you know, that was you know, one of their greatest greatest nights, one of their greatest evenings, one of their greatest games. I know Hoops was at that game as a fan. He ranks that as one of his favourite games ever. And that kit, for that very reason, that blue kit, is a massive, massive favourite amongst Swindon Town fans and not really a, a shirt colour that you'd expect to be so you know, fondly thought for after as well. The blue kit, when I think back to the four two days, like the blue kit by a mile was my favourite shirt. Like beautiful, just so simple, just plain blue, the white piping, the badge was centred rather yeah, than... Yeah, centralised badge, yeah. Yeah, just, it was, yeah, it was a really lovely shirt, really lovely shirt. So tell us more about the story of the shirt then and, and yeah, w- what you've done. What's happened the last two days? I was saying earlier, so the I, I came across this link. The shirt was, um, you know, essentially it was, it was entertaining the idea. I instinctively said to myself, really, um, there's only one place, you know, that that shirt needs to be at the moment, you know, given Stephen Darby's battle with motor neurone disease and that place is on the wall of Stephen Darby's house. Um, it's... It was like a re- almost like a reflex. Like that's mm. that's not a debate, you know. I, I somehow need to make that happen. Like I can't. Can I financially afford to spend the kind of money that I know that guy's going to need to get that shirt? No. But can I think of a way that I can absolutely get hold of that? Yeah, I can. And the conversation went along the lines of, "Help us out because we need to get that shirt back to Stephen if you want to sell it." Um, obviously, there's, there was you know, the chap himself was having change in personal circumstances. I don't think anyone would have expected, you know, a guy just living his life. It's not like he's a multi-million pound business. I don't think anyone expects people to just, you know, just just give over things that they've spent a, an awful lot, a lot eye-watering sum of mm. money for in the first place. So, but we came to wonderfully, we came to an agreement on a sum that was sort of like I, I, I felt would be agreeable. 
And then we I very hastily pulled together my merry band that sits on Broadbent Lounge and said, look, how do you guys fancy sort of essentially amongst us crowdfunding this? And even amongst us, it was still eye-watering for each individual to have to, you know, uh, consider, you know. So we were like, well, hang on a minute. One of the guys said to me, well, isn't it better that we give all Swindon Town fans an opportunity to say their own thank you and make their own contribution? And and if we go over and above how much we have to sort of, you know, raise to get the shirt, that's brilliant. And all the funds go to Derby Rimmer. So the spirit yeah. was always kind of very pure and very kind of inclusive, for want of a better word. And things have just gone just literally gangbusters the last sort of 48 hours. So um I mean, in my old life, I would have wanted about a week or a month to kind of plan a campaign for something like this. But I, I mean, I literally, we, we had the GoFundMe page up within an hour. We were just running on instinct. And it's the thing is, it's a very, it's a stressful thing to do, right? Because we've got to make sure we get the tone right here because, mm. you know, Stephen's battle is real, you know, and it's, yeah. it's a sensitive subject. You know, we've, we've got somebody that's in the fight of their life and, we it's this isn't this isn't entertainment you know I'm, I'm very acutely aware that you know we've got to be responsible for all parties and fundamentally I just you know while he's having the fight of his life I just wanted to get him back his shirt to try and communicate to Stephen that look every Swindon Town fan remembers that night we're 110% behind you and you know, if, if if it just makes Stephen smile for 10 minutes, mm. you know, and I know it may, I know for a fact it makes him smile a lot more than 10 minutes, but if it just made him grin on arrival, mm. that's mission accomplished as far as I was concerned. Anyway, the, yeah, the response has been just like unbelievable. So within 24 hours, I think we'd already kind of raised sort of 500 quid. You know, we're well on the way. I, I just threw a target out there, like a thousand pounds, that, you know, we we need to hit that £1,000 just to put a target on GoFund. And, you know, well on the way to, to achieving that. My ambition is to just smash that out of the park if we can. I genuinely don't know how, how much is possible, genuinely. But, I mean, when you've got, I mean, like ITV contacted me today. They want, they want ITV News. And, you know, you start thinking, hang on a second, now you're talking, you are reaching many, many millions of people. If you if you look at the aggregate audience, you know, including the likes of yourselves. I mean, today I've I've been on with the regional BBC, the local BBC, the local newspaper. We've got all of Stephen's old clubs that my all my all my merry band are talking to. So yeah, my colleague Joe Vincent's done a huge amount of like running around in the background. Joe has been speaking to Bradford, Liverpool, Bolton. Um, we've got conversations happening with Rochdale, with um, Notts County. They're all providing and, and are all unearthing shirts that are all sort of part of Stephen's journey oh, wow. with a view to returning them. And I mean, the Bradford story, I don't want to kind of betray too many confidences, but I understand the 2013 playoff final shirts are all lined up along a wall at Valley Parade. Right. And Stephen's one, let's just say, from what I understand, is no longer on that wall. And in its place is a rather lovely plaque. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yeah, it's what, again, I hope... I'm not getting beyond myself there, but certainly the sentiment to provide that kind of level of thank you yeah. to still exists. So <laughs> going back a little bit, we've, we've secured the shirt. The sh shirt is, is waiting in, in Oxford. The shirt, um, kudos to my other panel, uh, panelist, Martin, gets collected by Martin, who then merrily drives it for us all the way to Manchester. 
and um, deposits it at the Etihad Stadium for um, Steph Horton, who, as I'm sure everyone is aware, is Stephen Darby's wife. Information today that um, Steph's collected it in person. And, oh, brilliant. Um, and Stephen's been reunited with the shirt this afternoon. And um, it was quite an emotional reunion from what I understand. And um, Steph, um, I was asked for just a look. I was asked for, a, not that they need to ask me, but they were like, give us a bit of patience because Steph really needs to sort of get get her words right, basically. She's like really unbelievably moved. So, um, I mean, yeah, what a perfect end to a wonderful day. But it's just the start of the journey for us. Like I said, we've got Stephen's Swindon Town shirt back to him. If we can get loads of shirts back to him, put, put plenty of smiles on his face, involve as many football fans as we possibly can, raise as much money to help smash MND, um, yeah. to quote Darby Rimmer's tagline, then then I think I'll probably sit back and go mission accomplished. We're not quite there yet. Hey, it's always work to do. And, you know, Stephen himself and his family and, uh, yeah, the Rimmer family have really put that fight against MND in, in, the, in the public eye and in the profile over the last five, six years. Incredible work that they've done. And it's, it's really nice that you've been able to continue that work in some ways um, in terms of raising that profile, but also, as you say, put a smile on Stephen's face and, and thank him for everything he's done to, for not just Swindon fans, but all fans out there and, and people suffering from MND as well. You know, he's, he's making a difference to their lives. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. And I'd almost like kind of add this in at the tail end of it. On a very selfish level, it's it's very rare that um, just because of my involvement as a sponsor of Swindon Town, I'm very, very lucky. Like over the years, I've got to meet lots of players, particularly back then. Um, I've got some legacy relationships with some wonderful people um, from inside the dressing room from that period of time. And the lovely thing about running the Saturn Broadbent Lounge is that I've been able to kind of turn those into sort of something a little bit more kind of sort of content centric for one of a better word. We've yeah. been able to kind of put stuff off the back of some of that. But I described Stephen earlier today as my almost like my unicorn. He's he's the one guy that delivered a a moment in my Swindon Town supporting history that you know you just wish. You know, when you just wish you could meet someone, shake their hand and say thank you. And circumstances have conspired to prevent that from happening. What we've done with Stephen's shirt on a personal level, I can't tell you how good that feels. Like not as in, and please take that the right way. It's not about making me feel good. Like it's really not. But as someone that just wanted, that was just desperate to say thank you for that moment. Yeah. To, and to not ever have the opportunity to shake his hand and also to be, I remember when I found out about Stephen's diagnosis back in 2018 and my initial reaction was like, you know, oh my God, like that's, it's truly awful. I've got, at some point I need to be able to do something, Mm. you know, to be able to kind of say thank you. And, and I don't know, I think the shirt just helped all the, like aligned all the stars, you know? Yeah. I remember vividly, I mean, Stephen came back and, you know, went on to the county ground pitch and, you know, did a did a lap of honour, and I remember we, that a couple of years ago, and we put the yeah. tifo up in the Don Rogers stand for him. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I remember then standing there going, you know, I, and it was just one of those weird days where I just couldn't, for whatever reason, I couldn't get into the into a lounge to just just say thank you. I've always wanted to say thank you. Um, so for for me to be able to do that, but as part of this kind of big collective thank you of Swindon fans, like yeah, it's a really it's, it's, it's hard not to get emotional about it. Like, it's a really, really special thing. And I go right the way back to me as a kid falling in love with Swindon Town, living in South East London. 
right the way through a really rough schooling in a roughy toughy southeast london comprehensive where everybody was either a charlton or a Millwall fan or a west ham fan and you can imagine what i was what i got as a consequence of that and a lot of rough treatment so to go to charlton and beat them in those circumstances against the odds knowing full well that so many of those kids that gave me dogs abuse all the way through primary school secondary school sixth form to to just have my moment I, I attached that to Stephen Darby yeah. and I know that it was a collective of lads on the pitch that night, but I, I attached that moment to Stephen Darby. So yeah, to, to be able to reunite him with his, with his shirt has been yeah really quite something. That's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. It's, it's lovely. You've had the opportunity to to thank him in your way and that you've made it possible for, for many, many other Swindon fans to, to be part of that. Thank you as well. So Terrific, terrific job and a lovely story. Thanks for sharing that with us. We will, of course, share the the GoFundMe link as well um, on the bottom of the podcast. We'll tweet it out during the week as well. So if anybody is interested in what hopefully is now just just raising more money for the Derby Rimmer Foundation and, and the battle against M- MND, please, um, please do donate if you are able. Thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. That was a, a really interesting listen, that AD, and quite a nice story too to reunite Stephen with with that shirt. But it's it's obviously desperately sad to know that he's having some hard times, and we do hope that they're able to to raise enough money that they needs to to fund that that shirt and to cover any extras as well, which goes to the charity. Which I forgot what was the name of it again, Adrian. So the charity um, that he founded with, with uh, somebody else who suffers, uh, sadly lost their fight to M- MDMD, but um, it's the Derby Rimmer Foundation, it's named a charity, yeah. Yeah, we'll tweet a, a link out to to the fundraiser for, for that charity because, yeah, any any little helps, so to speak, for, especially for such a nice cause. Right, it's a new year and we've got a new weekly feature for you. It's called Scotty Rants and... We apologise, it's pretty self-explanatory. Sorry I couldn't join you today, chaps, duty calls and all that. Uh, My first topic for the new segment is the Jamaica home and away shirts that have just been leaked. Well, fuck me, are they not fucking awful? I mean, of all the things that they could have gone with, all the designs, all those reggae boys, bright colours that they could have chosen, they've gone for a fucking plain shirt with pinstripes. And then the away shirt is just a plain shirt with a five-coloured collar that they think makes up for it. I mean, if you are a club or a nation and you've not signed up for the elite package with Adidas, I don't know if I'd even fucking bother. So, gentlemen, that draws to a close our 50th, 50th episode. I mean, who thought we'd have made it this far? I thought, you know, Ofcom or somebody would have got involved by now. (laughs) <laughs> they did try well, didn't they we got we got a uh, shadow we got reported a few times early doors didn't we yeah we did that's why we're now um explicit explicit content is now labeled on our podcast <laughs> <laughs> and i think it's all, it's all the better for it well look not only are we 50 episodes in but i am being funny guys 
the the guests just they keep getting better as well we're, we, you know we're, we're not putting in any filler this is literally all killer coming up so next week we are going to be finally putting up the interview that me and tom did with yeah i'm going to say one of our podcast heroes pete donaldson from the football ramble and wrestle me we at some point will be dropping the interview we did with tom Scholes, who uh, wrote a book all about psg which is brilliant we got the journeyman Sam Parkin. We've got a special, we're going to do a non-league special, maybe over the international break, all about Malvern Town and, you know, with the chairman of the club, the guy who owns it, um, he's even going to do a little giveaway for us on one of those wonderful special floodlight kits that they released recently. What else have we got? It just gets busier. We've got uh, an interview with the guy who wrote Beyond the Badge, Leonard Jagerskjold. And then at the end of that, we're going to have a messy special. And we might even have a former international footballer joining us. Wow, we're going to be busy. We really are. I'm not editing more than one show a week, though. So um, that's us through to about <laughs> May, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to say before we shoot off as well, thanks everyone for all the interactions we're getting online at the moment on the Twitter, TikTok and on Instagram. Please keep doing so because without your interactions, it's not really worth our time doing it and we will stop. So please keep on. We really appreciate it. <laughs> and please keep listening and sharing the pods much appreciated no seriously it, it helps us get better guests um and, and put out more contact for all of you so um yeah we really do appreciate it and yeah we do it to be part of a community and that's why we engage so much who's going this week i so i guess i should say they think it's all over it is now hey. 50 shows gents 50 shows 50 not out 50 not out